Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 146. Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games for the most part. Um, it uh, hasn't been a super active week for me in terms of playing video games. Uh, I definitely have new, some new games to talk about here and there, but uh, but I, I, I kept kind of busy this week with uh, various other things, so unfortunately didn't get a ton of time to dive into Final Fantasy XIV more, Dinaway Chronicles X more, things like that. Um, and this weekend in particular, I, I really focused hard on the Tokenol video. Uh, I Pretty much all of Saturday I'd spent kind of grinding that video out. It didn't take that long to get, get to a finished state, but I ran into some technical issues, and I think there might be some other issues that I need to maybe need to clean up a little bit more that are like slightly smaller issues uh, that I might go on my way to try to, to resolve. But for the most part, it's pretty much done and finished now. So yay. <laughs> um, so I, you probably won't see that uh, next week, but you are, yeah, because basically it's, it's, it's my video for April. Um, so it'd probably be the second week of April, I think is, is when I would put it out. So, so look forward to it then but uh yeah that that took up most of my weekend um but i did do some multiplayer gaming stuff uh played a little bit more little witch little witch academia um and and for that we just basically did multiplayer i haven't played any single player since last week i think um so i'm not any further there uh the multiplayer in that game definitely uh kind of soured on us real quick. <laughs> Basically how the multiplayer works in that game is it's not tied to story progression. Basically you take three players into a dungeon and you clear out five rooms full of random enemies, and then you go to the next floor of the dungeon. And it basically does that all the way up to 999. But in terms of actual content you're getting, uh, basically it's up to floor 100 for the last spell. And I think at that point it's up to floor 175, so you can raise the level cap of your characters to be 255. Um, And we got to floor 100 and got all the spells, and... Uh, getting there was maybe a bit more mind numbing than, <laughs> than we expected. And then by the time we hit floor 100, we're like, I don't think any of us need to get to floor 175. <laughs> so basically we stopped the multiplayer there. So that's all done and finished. They actually kind of, the other two people who I was playing with actually kind of went ahead and finished all their single player stuff. So I'm the only one who still has anything left to do in that game. <laughs> I basically still have, I think half the game to go through still if not more. So, so I got a little ways to go. I definitely want to continue working on it. Um, but also I'm not loving it either. So it's a little, I'm not like finding a lot of drive to, to really focus on it, but I would, I would like to finish it. Um, and I, I may just focus on like the main story and then only do side quests as, as they seem appropriate. I spent a lot of the early part of that game doing side quests mainly because I was kind of confused by how to progress the main story. Um, but now, now that I'm pretty much at, at the point that I can do whatever I want in that game, um, I'm just going to probably just do the main story stuff. There, there are some like character episodes that are special. I, I might look at those a bit and see if I, uh, if they're worth really exploring, um, if I do do those, though, I'll probably just follow a guide or something on, on, on finding those. Uh, I, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the characters in Little Witch Academia overall. Like, there's no particular character that I love. Uh, but I mean, the general tone of the dialogue and stuff like that is, is really enjoyable uh, in that regard. So, 
So I'm not super worried about if I worry about it if I don't actually finish those side quest side quests. One thing I did do this week actually was a friend of mine was like, "Hey, why don't you watch the Little Witch Academia original OVA with me?" So I did that, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was surprised how close it was to the game. Like, cause I was kind of expecting that, like, oh, this dungeon exists because because they needed you know something for you to do in the game. I assume you know that the actual combat stuff is probably a part of the show but but probably not the focus of it within the school itself and things like that but it actually is pretty close of it's the same dungeon basically uh similar kind of concept going down different floors and stuff uh and basically they just go down there and look for like treasure or something like that it was it was kind of weird uh but it's, it's a very short um very short story uh, I think it's like 30 minutes to an hour long, the original OVA, but it, it's, it's surprisingly close to the, to the game. I was, I was surprised to see just like how faithful the game was to the, to that style of the, at least the original OVA. I haven't watched the other, uh, I think there's a movie. I haven't watched that. And, uh, the animated series and the, the friend who showed me the OVA was like, Hey, maybe we'll just watch the movie too. And I was like, okay, I, I, I would watch the movie. I don't think I'd watch the animated series unless something really caught my eye or, or, or something like that. I, I don't think I'd actually invest a full 25 episodes worth of time into Little Witch Academia. But it's cute. I, I like it. Um, I like the animation quite a bit in the original OVA as well. I, I, I'm i kind of mixed when it comes to Trigger's animation style with their other shows like Kill la Kill and um, Primare. Have I watched anything else? I, I guess uh, Luluco is also kind of extreme to some degree as well. Um, but like there's, there's kind of nice, uh, I guess you could call it bounciness to the animation style of, of, uh, Little Witch Academia, but it's not so like, so distorted that it, it, it it's, it comes off as like inc- incredibly extreme or something like that. It's just like a, adds a lo- layer of cuteness, I think to the, uh, the characters and stuff. But yeah, we'll see when I actually get back to playing the single player of that. Uh, but because we kind of dropped off that game, we did start up Ruby Grim Eclipse, another <laughs> game based off some series that I don't know anything about. Uh, I don't know anything about Ruby. Some guy at a con- convention once uh, tried to convince me to watch Ruby, and I don't remember anything from what he told me <laughs> at that time. And uh, I will say the Ruby Grim Eclipse game does not really have any story in it, so... There's definitely a story there, but I like I have no idea what's going on. It, it, it's not a standalone story that you know you can just enjoy if you don't know anything about Ruby. Um, but the game itself is pretty fun. It's a pretty simple hack and slash with some basic leveling trees, things like that. And uh, you know, for for grinding through it in about three hours or so, it was it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. And there's like a secondary uh, DLC quest that we're gonna do too. I think it's basically probably the same areas. Uh, but just with different characters and like different context for for the story is what my expectation is. I we haven't actually touched it yet, so I don't know. Maybe it's some completely different thing. But the the DLC was like I think three dollars or five dollars or something like that, and uh, it comes with four four new characters. So I don't really expect a ton of new content there. But yeah, it has a, it has some cool like team based mechanics. So basically, when you're fighting enemies, you have the ability to stun them, and then uh, once they're stunned, uh, another player on your team can basically come in and do a finishing move on them. 
Uh, so you kind of want to sit there and communicate with the other player, like, hey, this character's set up in a, a, a team attack stun, so so they can come, the other person can come in and use their team attack. And when, when you do the team attacks, uh, basically increases the amount of EXP you gain and things like that. EXP overall was not that big of a deal. You definitely start, I mean, you start at level 1, and you, you do level up to level 10, but, but well before that game was done, uh, we, we had kind of capped out at level 10, I think maybe like two or three missions ahead of time. Um... And there's also like these different leveling things where it's like, hey, kill this many enemies at this type particular type of move that uh, I think kind of got in the way of letting you kind of explore your character's moveset a bit more because you're really focused on like, oh, I need to kill 500 enemies with my ultimate move. So you really focus on that versus like, you know, setting up team attacks for somebody else because that's benefiting your your friends, not so much you, I feel like. So there's like one where it's like, hey, you need to do a team attack to level this skill up, but you know, you're you're helping your friend do that instead of actually doing it yourself, which there's, you know, something to be said there about like, hey, maybe you should help your friend level up their skills. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, it's it, it's a nice way of, of encouraging, uh, uh, like kind of sticking together during combat uh, so you get like the maximum damage output and things like that. It was nice that it is very much a co-op focused game. Uh, it seems like you really want to be playing that game uh, on like with a group of people. Um, you know, you can play up to four people through the, the campaign and there's also like a horde mode too. And it, it feels built for that. Um, so I think that's, I think that's pretty cool that like, it, it's kind of hard sometimes with some games, particularly Japanese games where like they'll focus on the single player and then the multiplayer is like a complete afterthought like Little Witch Academia and then it's like here's this garbage dungeon you can play with your friends I guess if you want to if you want to be that person <laughs> um, um, and then like the it's just like not really anything of value uh, some games kind of strike a better balance I think Dragon Quest Heroes 2 to some degree you know is very limited but it does give you quite a bit of content to, to mess around with if you want to or at least like a, a decent ladder of content so it's like hey here's this mission it's fairly difficult you need your friends to help you with this one okay this next mission quite a bit difficult uh we never finished the the final mission of dragon quest heroes because of how hard or dragon quest heroes 2 uh because of how hard the uh last boss got at some point and then with one of my other friends, I also helped him finish up Overcooked 2. Or, oh, sorry, the original Overcooked, not Overcooked 2. Um, and uh, that game's still fun. I, I played it a while ago. I, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or not, but I played it a, lot, a while ago with my brother-in-law for a little bit. It was, it, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't really think there's anything to say about that game. It's pretty pretty popular. I think you know what Overcooked is at this point. If you don't know, it's basically just kind of like a party uh cooking game similar to a lot of other kind of cooking games where you have to like you know set or make ingredients create a meal and then you know turn them in as people request them essentially uh but yeah the, he basically just needs some help with the dlc as well so we did a little bit of that and uh and we're almost done with that so it, it took like less than an hour of my time so it was not a big deal and it was it was fun it's a fun enough game i don't love it don't hate it just fine it's a fine video game and then lastly, I also decided to play some uh, Castlevania Legacy of Darkness. So after I finished the Atokadol video over the weekend, I was like, I, or on Saturday, I was like, I just want to play video games. What video games do I want to play? Castlevania is what I wanted to play for some reason. Um, and I had been wanting to stream some Castlevania 64 for a while. And the problem with that is, is, you know, I could play 
Castlevania 64, but it is a lengthier game. So if I wanted to do that, you know, I'd only be able to stream part of the game and it's not a big deal per se, you know, but I, I kind of wanted just to do something kind of like one and done. And uh, I had remembered that in Castlevania Legacy of Darkness, which if you don't know, is like the director's cut of Castlevania 64. I have some more complex feelings about Legacy of Darkness, but... I won't go into them now, um, but uh, it's basically like a director's cut cut of uh, Castlevania 64. And one of the characters they included in that game is uh, Henry, which is basically this uh, knight from the church who kind of changes how that game flows to some extent. So basically that game is fairly linear where you kind of go from one stage to the next and you never really can ever go back. Um, and in the case of... Uh, of uh henry's mode though you can you can go back and forth between different areas so they kind of made it this kind of open space you can explore even though it's not really at all uh a lot of the times they'll be like here's this crystal that teleports you back to the last area because we don't really have any real way these two areas connect (laughs) um and there's also this really weird sequence of events in castlevania 64 where like you kill this like vampire in a basement and then you jump into their coffin which then takes you to either sewers or tunnel depending on which character playing as or castle wall i think if you're actually i don't know if castle wall is actually where you go to if you're playing as cornell or not there but it does take you to outer castle wall i should say not castle wall but outer it does take you to outer castle wall and um and so basically you go through this this one uh casket to to get to the next area but it's it doesn't really explain to you how it works so sometimes you'll go in there and it's just the sewer again even if you've already beat the sewer so it's like huh what's going on there i'm pretty sure there's like a time range of which which areas are loaded there, which loading zones are there. So it's like, hey, if you're here at midnight, you go to Outer Castle Wall. If you're here in the morning, you go to sewers. If you're here in the afternoon, you go to tunnels, things like that. So so yeah, I, I went ahead and streamed all that. That's going to be up on the website this week. Uh, it's also already up on the YouTube if you want to watch it there. But if you're actually watching my website for content, it'll be posting sometime this week on like a Wednesday or something like that. In terms of game news, I don't really have a ton here. Um, I was pretty excited to see that GDC like flowover talk uh, from Mark Cerny about the PlayStation 5. Not particularly because I have any real, like, I'm not particularly excited about PlayStation 5 or anything like that. But I do like Mark Cerny a lot. And, uh, and I like those kind of press conferences of like, hey, let's talk about, you know, the philosophy behind these designs, how we came to these hardware decisions, things like that. I like those kind of press conferences. And, uh, Enjoyed that quite a bit. One thing that I was a little surprised by was the lack of commitment to backwards compatibility. Uh, And I think this may have partially just been a messaging issue, but Mark Cerny on stage was like, hey, you know, we checked the top 100 PlayStation 4 games in terms of playtime, and we checked and, and saw that most of them work uh, and that we should expect that by launch. It'd be most of them will work. Um, but I think that kind of came off in a way that made it sound like that they were not expecting the majority of the PS4 library to work. Um, and, and I don't think that's what they actually meant. And I think they put out a statement later clarifying like, no, 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 no. We know for sure that not all games will work, but we checked these 100 ones and, and these ones in particular, uh, worked for the most part. Um, so they basically are saying, Hey, we're not committing to every game working, but, and uh, we we expect the majority of games to work essentially on on PlayStation Five. If you're playing a PlayStation Four game, uh, no PS3, PS2, or PS1 backwards compatibility or PSP backwards compatibility, which I expected. I'm not really sure where that rumor came from. Um, you know that would be awesome. I would love for a way to play PSP games on a PS5 or something like that. That would be great. 
Um, I that seemed like a really big commitment for something that I don't think will really sell many units. I do know there's some people in some of the retro game groups I'm in that are like, oh, I'm not buying a PS4 five now. And I get it. You know, I think that's that's per- perfectly appropriate for, you know, not buying a system at launch. I also think that, you know, eventually they'll end up buying one. So it's not so much that they won't buy one now, but, you know, they'll, they'll need the right games to, to come about. And if, if you're talking only about a feature set of a console right now, um, there's not a ton to sit there and be like, I'm buying the PS5 because of this. Um, I think maybe the one decision you could make is that Microsoft said they're basically using uh, their own uh, proprietary memory for the Xbox uh, One, or at least the proprietary type of hardware for it. So, you know, you don't have a lot of options in terms of, uh, you know, buying additional storage for the system. Um, but it sounds like Sony is saying that there may be some compatibility problems, but you're basically going to be able to use M2 drives depending on the M2 drive. So if you don't know, I think M2, I think I'm getting it right, M2. I'm not big on, not big on the PC side of things here. Um, M2 drives are basically just like a solid state drives as far as I can tell. Um, and so basically they're going to release a list of like, Hey, these ones we've tested and work these ones we've tested and don't work. Things like that. Where at, with Microsoft, it sounds like you're not going to get the option to do that. You just have to use their own little proprietary memory uh, component that you can buy. So I think that's a that's really good on Sony's part in terms of uh, you know allowing allowing users to use their own M2 drives and things like that, um, or buy their own because you know uh, proprietary memory. I'm not going to say it's it's an awful way to go forward. Like I know a lot of people say, oh, that's what killed the Vita. I don't necessarily think it 100% killed the Vita, but it definitely didn't help the Vita for sure. Um, and you know, I think as long as Microsoft makes a commitment to create those things consistently and try to keep the prices down, I think that's the big problem with the memory sticks on Vita is that they're very, very expensive. And those memory sticks are also kind of unreliable now <laughs> as we're finding out. Um, uh, you know, I think, I think it will be important to, to have those things readily available for at least a competitive price compared to M2 drives. Obviously you'll never be able to compete with the cheapest M2 drive that will, you know, the PS4 will be able to support, but if you can, if you can keep within a range, I think that that probably works pretty well. Either way, though, I'm kind of undecided on on next-gen consoles and when I'll be jumping in. Uh, The big thing I can always say is that if Microsoft can get, like, consistent third-party Japanese support, and I mean, like, not just Square Enix, like, you know, across the board, I would be interested in the platform. Uh, But I just don't really see that happening, uh, at least without them making some really significant moves to, to make that happen. Uh, I don't think Japanese developers care at all. I think like uh, the talk about Gunvolt last week, uh, Luminous Avenger. I think that came out on Xbox One, but now the uh, Gunvolt One and Two Striker Pack, no Xbox One version. <laughs> so, so I think it's just uh, you know, I think they, I, I think Microsoft needs to invest in it and be consistent if they want that market. And you know, whether it's not they need to be in that market is kind of another thing. Um, but I will say, you know, this generation. Uh, Japanese games kind of came back to the mainstream in a big way. Uh, so not being able to play games like Nier Automata on your platform, or I think you can play it now, but it was like a pretty significant delay, um, is, is pretty devastating, I think. Uh, the Yakuza series is finally coming out, things like that. Uh, I don't know if you'd really need something like Panty Party to be on your platform to be successful. Uh, I would like for that stuff to be, you know, those smaller Japanese developers to feel welcome everywhere and be able to, you know, release their product everywhere. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, some of those stuff like Panty Party in particularly might also be rubbing up like against uh, Sony's guidelines and things like that, that might prevent them from, from publishing on that platform. So you might end up seeing more of a, a split between, I imagine most Japanese developers will probably go to like, um, uh, the Nintendo Switch instead of like an Xbox first, unless Xbox really tries to entice them. Speaking of the smaller Japanese games, uh, Shoujo Jiko no Doku Musume. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I said the words that were in front of me on screen here. This is a game by NIS that's kind of a an interesting uh, third-person shooter slash, I guess, quicks mix kind of thing. Uh, basically, it's a, a game where there's like, a, you're in this like, I guess, hell imaginative world kind of thing. There's a bunch of poison on the ground. And so you as a character have access to a gun to shoot enemies and stuff, but you can also can transform into this girl who can basically, uh, I guess called purify the poison on the floor. Um, and so you kind of walk out into the poison and she seems like it, she takes damage based off what I read in like the Silicon Silicon Air article. She'll take damage when she's in the poison. So you don't want to go out in there too long, but you basically need to wrap around and come back and touch the beginning point where you started, which will then trans purify the, um, the, the poison that was within that space. And uh, in the trailer in particular, uh, they seem to be focusing on a particular character. So I think you're like kind of diving into the minds of a bunch of characters who have problems. Uh, and the one in particular they're showing was like a, an erotic artist girl. And um, as you're going around and purifying the poison, it basically would show off uh, her erotic art and stuff. At first, I thought I was like, oh, is this whole game going to be like, you know, going to the minds of these ladies and then they're just going to be all sexy up on the floor and stuff like that while you point, uh, purify it? Uh, but it seems like each different character has their own particular, uh, you know, hook of what's what's making them need this need to have this poison purified, I guess. Uh, and, and looking at those other ones, I didn't see anything in particular that stood out, but it seems like it's more based off the the thing that is you know bothering them kind of thing or or thing related to something that's bothering them rather than just like hey it's gonna be sexy girls on the floor uh which would be very appropriate for this type of game because there's definitely arcade games that have similar things where it's like hey go around the lady and like wrap around her clothes and then when you close off the hole it like explodes a part of her clothes off and then she's in a bikini or something like that those things have definitely existed in the past so uh so I'll be curious to see what this game ends up turning out to be. I'm always interested in Japanese shooters in particular, just because it's like a weird genre for them. Um, you know, it doesn't look like, it definitely doesn't look like a traditional shooter in any way. Um, so I'm always curious to see that that stuff coming forward. Also, you can, you can choose the gender of the protagonist, which was kind of interesting. I'm not sure why that stood out to me so much in this particular game. Maybe because I would expect these type of games to have like a set protagonist for them. But yeah. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for coming. Um, if you don't know, basically I've been streaming Left Alive or started Left Alive last week, uh, which is a lot more of a stealth game than I expected. It is pretty much all stealth. <laughs> um, so I'm enjoying it for the most part. I'm not big into stealth games. I'm also not good at stealth games. So if you go watch the stream uh, that posted up on the website last week, uh, just expect a lot of deaths, expect a lot of me trying to path out what I need to be doing in an area. I'm pretty bad at those types of games, but, uh, uh I think we'll get through. We'll see how things go. Uh, I actually made a pretty decent amount of progress at the end and then the game crashed on me. And then there's not really a good checkpointing system in that game. It's basically whenever you last saved, there does seem to be some light auto saving happening here and there. Uh, but if you crash or die, more likely die so far at least, but also crash. 
uh, when you go back to your save point, it's pretty far back, and uh, and a lot of the games like stealthing past enemies and things like that. So uh, it's kind of interesting that it's not very confined with its stealth. I had never played a Metal Gear Solid Peace Walk or Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, which had more of like an open world environment, but I haven't really played like an open world stealth game before. So it's kind of interesting to see um, these big open maps uh, have a lot of ways of which you can kind of navigate around them. Well, maybe not a lot of different ways, but there are ways you can navigate around them that aren't particularly like just a dude in a hallway and like, oh, I got to get in this crevice and dodge this one dude in this one part of the hallway like every other person who plays this game will do. Uh, but there does se- definitely seem to be some like easier routes than usual, um, and also your you fighting back is definitely not a a strong option in most cases either. So, but it's kind of a weird sense of humor to it, which I like, um, and and a fun writing style. I forget who developed it. It's like Elinx or something like that, I L L I N X or something, which is somebody I haven't really heard of before. I think they've worked on some like random licensed games in the past. I feel like there are anime licensed games but i can't remember off the top of my head so so yeah that that, that stream is up um if you want to go take a look at that um the castlevania legacy of darkness stream will go up on wednesday this week but again it's on youtube already if you just want to go look at it there but it will post on the actual website on wednesday uh and per usual the podcast every monday at 9 a.m pacific time uh and i'll be streaming more left alive this thursday at 7 uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. I almost said 7:30. Um, um, but yeah, and then uh, at that point, uh, hopefully, I think in the next couple of weeks we'll have a token all video up. I mean, it, it's pretty much done, so I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. So go ahead and expect that, and then I'm gonna go ahead and set up the uh, the next podcast I plan to do with somebody here in the near future as well. Um, anyways, thank you again for listening. And uh, I'm hoping you're having a great week. I know with all the, the quarantine stuff, some people are throwing off their their typical groove a bit more. Uh, I, however, have always stayed home, so I largely am unfazed. <laughs> Anyways, thank you again for your time. OneControlPort.com is the website, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.